Killer Killer Podcast. KillerKillerOfficial.com. This is the sound of the Killer Keller Beatbox Body Part Sample Pack. Over 120 loops, samples, and one shots for your music production. Exclusively on Splice. Right, in the mix right now, Killer Keller alongside the Mighty Reaps One. UK world leading pioneer in mouth music. We are live and uh, do not adjust nothing because we're going on deep. We've got some conversations which is richly deserved considering the caliber is sitting around this table right now. He reinvented sounds that, but that he's like the Dougie Fresh of, of, of this day and age, you know, from the click rolls of the 80s. This is the equivalent that exists right here. This is the man. Reach one. I'll, I'll right absorb here. that good energy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. It's a long time come in this conversation. Yeah, dude. And it's a pleasure, man. How you been? Yeah, good, man. Just, uh, yeah, the, um, the uh, recently it's been less about shows. There's been a lot of change in kind of my responsibility as an artist and myself and who I work with, like as a, as a team trying to uh, take on uh, building shows, communicating, talking about voice and this whole other door that opened up that maybe like five years ago, I didn't think would have been a route. And then right. also anyone that thought of beatboxing, a lot of the things that are happening at the moment, you just wouldn't see coming. Like there's a thing about beatboxing and and when you start talking about the wider conversation about the human voice, beatboxing actually does contribute a lot to... Um, on a creative level to uh, performance and all these things you'd expect, but also like the academic world um, and communication, yeah. uh, linguistics, phonetics, all these things. Um, so uh, it's been about a year of me kind of getting my head around that. And uh, this year is as much about all that stuff as, mm. it, as like performing and doing shows. Because you've got, you've got deep into that. I mean, in terms of academic mm. and Harvard and the, the teachings of the human voice you've you've been fundamental of recent years mm. in teaching the craft of beatboxing to a, a younger audience of of that caliber right well yeah it's it's a it's a strange one because like basically i became a bridge from the sort of con this is a phrase contemporary beatbox world and obviously that sounds like sometimes that's hard for people to digest mm -hmm. but it's just the description of the present mm -hmm. so like the present beatbox world and um what that offers to uh, the scientific community and the sort of linguistic community. Mm. And it started with, because uh, like, I think every, anyone that's like into their thing and like has a lot of passion and we always kind of want to style, yeah. stylistically grow and get, like, or get sicker would be like, like classic old school way of saying it. <laughs> you kind of break things apart and you try and understand it. <clears throat> and that's great for yourself. But then a point comes where you, you want to go slightly further. And I started speaking a lot about the way that I think about sounds and and my techniques and how I think that can be sort of a contribution to just young people. Just anyone started out with just wanting to beatbox. But some of the videos of me speaking kind of got injected into the academic community and they were like, oh, this kid's actually quite like, it's interesting what he's saying. He's well-versed. Yeah, this is it. And then um, I got invited, like it was actually when I, the the second time I won the UK Beatbox Championships, this woman came up to me and she said, oh, like, like, congratulations. Uh, like, this is going to sound strange, but like, I want your brain. And um, I became a part of a study um, with UCO where they actually used my beatboxing to see 
what uh, is happening in my mind on a neurological level as I beatbox? And could that be defined as an expert behavior compared to other types of expertise? So when you're speaking, and again, like what, like what, you'd never see that connection. Yeah. But beatboxing has a lot of like really exciting sort of uses for the, um, the, the academic world. So, uh, yeah, communicating about those things, but then also mm. not getting too... I, I'm still an artist. It's still through the lens of an artist. And there's loads of interesting conversations about when you become hyper-specialized or you have a, something that you're super into, um, how communicating about that in a certain way and looking for like a purposeful, objective um, worth in that. The academic world can offer a lot of those things. And it was almost... I don't yeah. know if it's luck, yeah. but... It just, I could do things that they'd never seen before. You could do things that they'd never seen before. The community, you've got like at least 100,000 kids out there now doing things that the linguistics community hasn't seen before. And it's still not language. It's not like directly purposeful. But on a physical level, that has a lot of questions. And it's it's not me saying it. It's them. They're very, very interested in it. And when when you talk to them about it in terms of interest, how how does that... How far do you think that resonates? Like to the pupils that are sitting there, like ingesting it. Mm. Did did they do they take enough away? Do they take what? Because like when you beatbox, and I'm speaking as a third person myself, right? Like there is an there is a there's a discipline within your mouth. It's a language in itself, and to try and translate that to people and actually have them take take that away, mm. that can obviously that's one of the biggest challenges mm. because there's a lot of people that can just beatbox. But when you're actually applying the science to a level that you or I would have, like, where, what do they take away from that? See, well, so it's an interesting question because, like, the, the, the quickest thing, sort of, uh, thing that I came up against in that, in that world, and it's something that applies to, I think, everyone's art form, is there is, like, a subjective worth and objective worth. So, like, I could be in front of certain people and talk about why I think my music is amazing, why I think the energy I give on stage is, is contributes something. Um, but there are like objective, universal, interesting things which beatboxing sits with, something called like psychoacoustics. Um, where mm. like, if, so I'm speaking now, if my voice was higher or lower, you would perceive me as a different person. It has a massive impact and you have no control over it. So you start going into that world of abstractness, like forget language, forget the words you're saying. Right. The energy you give when you're speaking isn't like 10 steps away from when you beatbox, it's this abstract communication. Yeah. Um, so they, when I was like, so I lectured That's to- That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, well, completely. That is crazy. That's interesting to everyone. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in front of a, a phonetics class at Harvard University- <laughs> they, they, as, you, as you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm from Walthamstow. It's like, it's a definite <laughs> twist in the tail. But they, they were not interested in- the idea of of like like look look how skillful look at this music look how it makes people fit like feel in terms of through the lens of like wow wow this is amazing it was like what what can it make us think about when it comes to like vocal communication that maybe we haven't sort of paid attention to and there was this whole conversation that so when I, I gave one talk and then quite a few professors at the linguistic department became they it kind mm. of went round us mm-hmm, it's like mm. kind of kids the little buzz the street yeah, buzz. yeah they were like well we want to hear yeah, this we wicked. want to see it and the way that it was said to me is that 
this type of communication happens in music all the time. It's like the fundamentals of musicology, the way you play something and how it feels. That's power language. It's like abstract, isn't right. it? The notes right. of it yeah, in the yeah, pitch yeah. and then people feel things. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, but when you get those rules, but then coming through the vehicle of the voice, that's a very special thing. Because people sing, people speak, but then you have this whole unique dynamic of things going on that normally totally. like, on an evolutionary level like they, it hasn't been heard before so there's just a lot of questions of how is that affecting people what is the social impact of that and that's where it, it goes away for me like i mm-hmm. that they can talk about that but it's just that was the thing i you I absorb created. it later well yeah, yeah. well they, they want to tell me things but it was like it's one of those examples you break through a glass ceiling where i come in and it just by talking about what i've done mm-hmm. and i and what we do in a in a sort of in a in a in a clear communicative fashion it always opens up a door of investigation and that's how you know there's something there yeah, yeah. so for me even though i was speaking about it before obviously like it's uh, it's not nobel peace prize winning <laughs> but like but but it's tough there like you can't you can't mess about you can't you have can't, a, you can't have a gin while having a chat they no. can't know about it yeah and like and you can't you can't be ambiguous like it, you ha- there has to be a certain like level of con- like they said conceptual rigor like you've got to show that it's a formed argument and you understand the fundamentals of how you're putting something forward um and that that does appeal to me and the fact that to kind of go through that it opened a whole new door in my mind of like hold on i'm a i'm someone that can bridge a gap between it's very strange human act like mm. this thing that because like voices yeah, yeah. are as old as we are, like as humans are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the... And the idea of developing that on a level, that's pretty mad, isn't it? To think that in this day and age, you're having conversations about something that is so... It's just... It's there. It's an... It's, mm. it, do, do you think that when you get like an outsider's perspective, like take, for instance, some of the students that you may have um, spoken in front of, mm. taking... Do you think it, it helps garner new ideas by them taking away just a few of those some of the commentary that you give mm. do you think that them taking it away and processing it and does does that create the think tank that then throws it back at the scene well yeah because you end up with it's, it's kind of happening like you have the more you make those types of minds question it and want to engage the the you're right the more they do throw back and it's kind of a ripple effect. Um, like one, this is this is probably the craziest, strangest thing that's kind of popped up so far. Um, so, like from me working with Sophie Scott, who's like she's uh, an incredible like science communicator, neurologist at UCL. She's the one that like kind of scanned my brain, and and I've done a few different things with her. I did the BBC Christmas lectures with her on, on, a, on a Christmas just gone. She got in touch saying that there's a Belgium geneticist who has found a gene responsible for bad articulation. So there's a gene that basically leads to you not being having strong perception of your vocal area. So people that kind of mumble or have certain like lack of control or, or even with the sort of syntax, the way they form uh, their words and stuff, apparently proven gene responsible so now the guy wants to go wow. the other way wow. and he wants to see if there's a gene responsible for hyper articulation so being hyper aware and uh being able to um sort of control your voice in a way that is is way above average so they've wow. come to me and they've said can you find 200 beatboxers that you think you curate that you think are exceptional 
and we want to we want to look at their genes because the great thing about beatboxing is that it's something you would choose to do it's gotcha. a new, it's a new thing yeah, gotcha. so again this is like like what the, ugh, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, hell yeah, yeah. but these things keep um coming back and the reason it's good for the scene is it gives in my opinion it gives like this type of uh, art form uh, an objective purposefulness it gives something that can contribute like contributing to science and like and thought i think is such an amazing thing and you can have someone's granddad grandma brother yeah. sister yeah, yeah. uncle any age um that gives it sort of a note that maybe wasn't there like so you there's loads of kids out there i'm sure and like i'm sure it, we all get it it's like oh beatboxing <laughs> what like why what yeah, is yeah, it absolutely, absolutely and it's just an, it's these sort of things i think are really interesting because they they lead to uh, a type of um of thought and and purposefulness of 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 exploring this which is just great for the scene to be able to talk about yeah. and to say that this person's done that, look at this. Yeah. It's just, it, it's a backing. Um, and whether it actually contributes to like the, the style of the scene, that's like another question. It's like a whole other conversation. But that's like, for, I just think it's very exciting when anyone in anything is trying to break through the glass ceiling. Yeah. Like you're trying to open, not preach to the converted. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, who's yeah, the yeah. hardest person to get on site? And talk to them, and that's kind of what I'm a bit obsessed with. I like, I like people. I like that. Mm, that's like that's my right. mantra. What you're doing, um, essentially, which I, I think above everything I admire, um, is you're actually, you're pushing the way for a better scene that you may not be a part of. Mm. It may be further down the road. Mm. You're asking them questions that will turn into fun later down the line and just a given. It's like, well, you know, of course, yeah, well, of course we do it like this because that's what, you know, it's like Razo if your mother only knew, you know, it's like, of course, you know, you should be able to do that. You know, it's like 20 years on, you know, it's, mm. but it's so flippant the way people think things. And I think with something that's like the human voice, it's, it's often forgot how these things do come to fruition, you know. No, completely. I'm... Yeah, it's a, it's just it's a funny one that you just you can't let other people sort of govern your vision, but you also have to appreciate that, that like there are there's always opportunities to be a part of this massive community and it's growing. Mm. Like man, it's growing like crazy. It's... Like you've got some like, and I know they're gonna be here watching. It's really him. Right? You've got some like young fanatics, like mm. like. The the level of like attendees on your Instagram is just is madness. Mm. Like, and does that ever do, like? Of course, there's like a, a burden of responsibility there. Um, but but a lot of these guys that are on your on your page, it ain't like they just they found you on Unilad because you did something. Yeah, these are people that, that are as equally obsessed with the scientific edge and the creative craft. Yeah, that's that's like a, a fuck. That's like an army. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, man, like, I realized a long time ago that I think one of the worst things for your career is to like be on Unilad or something like this. Because yeah. it gets your numbers up, definitely, but like, it's like easy come, easy go. And it's really, really dangerous. Um, and for like anyone, the people that support me, because I've been like, if anyone listening like doesn't know like what I've done before, like even just from the first like ten minutes, it, I've been like a sort of. Um, if they think I'm gonna um, go one way, I go the other. Like 
it wasn't so yeah. long ago that I, I kind of followed my path and sort of accepted that some people will drop off along the way and mm -hmm. the ones that come on uh, will believe in it. And I think it's been, it's been a long time of trying to be respectful to the people that show attention, still be myself. Um, and some of my fan, some people have been like following me for, for like seven, jump. yeah, seven, eight years yeah. now. I'm one of them. Mm. <laughs> I remember when I remember I was judging at uh, one beatbox championships. Um, it was the yeah, it was 2008, which was the when I lost to Zany in the semis. Yeah, and I think Beardy Man was no, it was you, Shlomo Beardy Man, I think. Yeah, mm. and I just remember like you, but you lost, but like. Everyone was just like, well, did they just didn't hear what you did. And I was just like, this fucking kid is fucking... Like, but you was a kid. You were so young. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, geezer, this one, this guy. And I remember I remember as you walked past, I, I grabbed you by the hand. I was like, that, that was it. <laughs> like, no, I, I, of course I remember that. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. that was, the, you know, this is just me like harping on now. But yeah, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the routes you're going, you know, it's like it's... It's not been part, it's not been crossed before, mm. um, and you can't foresee that, you know. That's but the, the weird thing is, is like these other things. Like it's not just beatboxing; it's it's for across all fields. It's not happened before in that way, mm -hmm. and that's the sort of the thing I'm I'm like I'm hungry for. Um, but it definitely like there's a lot of other things I could talk about, but all that stuff is like for some people, it, like, it's it's a bit like why why don't you just why don't you just do more shows, man? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why, why, just chill out, man. Yeah, why are you doing all this like weird, <laughs> like, down, like academic? Like, you come from War you go up in a cancer estate <laughs> in Warmstow. Who do you yeah, think yeah, you yeah, are? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's like one thing. But it, it's you mentioned earlier. So like, there's like there's fans, there's your peers, there's like managers and people and all these mm. people. It is confusing. Like if we kind of. I like talking like pretending that no one has any idea about beatboxing. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. most people, they think like YouTube, they think like novelty, they think of like a little showcase here and there. Like, duck, duck. Yeah, like these like little clips. And when you kind of, when, when you break through that glass ceiling, you get a lot of positive reaction. People are like, wow, I've never seen it like that. Or God, mm. like, all, so you get all that sort of level of things. And I think that's quite healthy. That's like people's minds are opened. Yeah. But then... There's that extra stage of like people, you, you break through someone's glass ceiling and then they start going, oh, you should do it like this. Or there's this opportunity and it's that and da, 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 da. All of a sudden they have an epiphany. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, and then you, 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 you don't, all you've ever thought about is like trying to rock shows and get, get better at what you do. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a hard thing to not be like led in like directions. And, and like, I don't think anyone's quite, Specifically with beatboxing, every, everyone's had challenges with that. Mm, like, mm. what is its place, and like, what are what are people's attitudes? Yeah, yeah to, that's right. To that, very true. Mm. It's like one of the the mainest one of the well, I say one of the main challenges. I think, I think as a commodity, it's live first and foremost, isn't it? And and that's that's trying to create that translation. I always describe it as like when you put beatboxing on record it's like putting a one-man band on a record it's like you kind of lose the essence of the jump so so explain to me your theory on that like how do you translate it's the age-old question it's like actually probably the biggest question yeah and even in this modern age you're like you know of the major lasers and the timberlands and the you know and and the, the likes that are using vocals as flutes and vocals as you know, because in a percussive sense, how do you translate beatboxing on record? <laughs> Mate, like, um, I still think it's it's still an unsolved 
like no one's come out and gone like this this is like the way and and mm. there'll be people in 20 years like this is the piece of gear you buy and like da -da -da, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it that's yeah, the yeah. technique um the main problem is uh, yeah, I don't want to get too bogged down in like sort of beatbox geekery, but this is like fully the time to do it. This I is guess. totally the yeah, time yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. But the, the main challenge is like, so there's a microphone in front of my face right now. All microphones are designed for a single, they tend to be for, designed for a single purpose. And I don't mean they can only handle like certain things. It's just a case of you end up mixing something. So if I'm singing through this, you can like, chop some tops, chop some bottoms, and mm. then you do a mix, and mm -hmm. it's singing, and it stays in that parameters. But if, if you put that parameter on, I'm singing, and all of a sudden there's like, like <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, no, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, wait, something else. And like no sort of musical, in terms of just linear, straight up, like nothing else happening, you've got, you've got musical dynamics that kind of clash with each other. So where you'd normally have like a isolation, you can mix the kick drum and uh -huh. the snare and the hi-hat, and you sit where it, put it where it places, and... And like, how wide is it? And all these dynamics, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. you lose you lose all the dynamics. Yeah. Um, so then you have to start thinking, well, okay, so then it's a raw clip. And that's why videos make a lot of sense because you can have a but below standard audio compared to like a fully produced like live session or mm -hmm, track. Mm -hmm. But then people are thinking, oh, but it's just with his voice. Oh, it's just with his voice. It's almost like this kind of, always has like a crutch and yeah, that's yeah, why it's totally, cool yeah. or it's yeah. like it's, it, yeah there's so that that, that the magic trick the magic trick versus the, the yeah that I get you. is a it's a mad that's always issue. driven you mad though hasn't it that's just yeah it's but it's it's the thing is like people get it twisted because that is awesome because that's the magic people are like oh my god wow like that is the kind of a the dna of beatboxing like a lot a lot of people that's like where you get into it in some mm. sense like that, that when you see people react and they're like, oh wow, I've never, it's an intimate thing. Yeah, like, whoa. Like that crazy thing. But when you kind of get past that, it starts to govern, it goes a lot deeper. So then you start like wanting the party, like the, the reveal moments and you, and you start like, it starts off just like with your friends and wanting to impress your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of and course. then, and then, but then it becomes like on stage, then you're, you're still like, you're still pulling the rabbit out of the hat. And pulling the rabbit, and after a while, the rabbit's just like worn out. Well, that's it. A trick is a, a trick is a trick. There's a very different dynamic between something that is progressive and trusting of itself, and something that needs to go. Now look, 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 look. I'm changing. Go, go, go. All this thing, and that's, that's such an interesting analogy. Yeah, fully, man. And so, so the way that I started thinking about that was if I, because I was lucky that my style has always been quite like heavily electronic, and and because I started doing such long shows, so that was one of the main reasons that I like. I, the challenges I came up against. I was like, no, no. I played, um, his name's Josh. I met him at Glastonbury. And, you know, just you meet people walking around and this is just like kind of like best friend, like yeah, mate yeah. for like a few hours. hours. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> it. And then, so we just had this meeting and um, it turns out he's like one of the head guys for Hospital Records. And uh, I think it might've been a year or something later, I got an email and he was like, Reaps, like I met you at Glastonbury. We're doing the Brixton O2 like show. Like, I want to book you for room two. I want to give you an opportunity. And uh, and I came. I was like, oh, like business, like young business mind, like trying to sort of chat to people. And I was like, be this much. And he was like, I'm not paying you that for, for like for for half an hour. I was even it was it was half an hour I was doing, which is still like so, can be more yeah, in yeah, terms totally. of the beatbox feel. It's a lot. Still a lot. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, you, you, until you do an hour show. Like there's there's no way there's no way That's and that always really stayed with me, so then I was like oh can I do an hour, 
and like why can't yeah Yeah. why can't i do an hour what gets in the way and realizing when i feel good in a show when the sounds good oh i can oh like 45 minutes and i was like what's happening there and uh yeah so that's when uh people i my my team group people like linden who's like my best friend who's now fucking insane producer he's out the traps man he's like no no we we were like yin and yang like he's fully reaps too like yeah that's your boy that's a thing there's all there's all that type of stuff um but then that was like those sort of challenges that you have to overcome and it that was the main thing to get out of this party trick moment yeah yeah. because if if i'm doing a 20 minute show you can be like pow 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 bang 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 like drop moment moment no but then dynamically doesn't matter how sick you are if you're if you're not bringing people on it a journey, linear. it becomes linear. Yeah, it becomes linear. linear, and you can feel it. People start like they can feel. Oh, I've had in, this in my mind. This was just like a, a, a sort of an addition, an addition to my night. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, you can feel it. So the, true. the switching off that thing, and I, I'm so sensitive to that. And it's like, how can you keep people in? So I had about a year period where I was just like one hour. I need to. I want. I want to get to that one hour where I'm, I finish. And there's that, like, I, was, I remember saying to Linda, and I was like, I know I've smashed a show is when you go to say thank you and the crowd won't let you because they're still cheering. Yeah, they're on it. Yeah, they're so, on you. So, like, there were, like, don't get me wrong, there was a learning curve. Like, yeah. there were some shows, like, <laughs> where I, 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 like, I felt I got to, like, that 45-minute mark and then I, like, maybe the sound wasn't quite right and I was overextending because people forget, like, you're doing a DJ set with your, with your face. Yeah, yeah. Can I swear in this? I don't know. Is that, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just put a beatbox sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You're. It's a very physical thing, but no one cares about that, and they shouldn't. It's not important. Like, it's not. It's. I'm so not interested in in that uh-huh. that crutch. So then I get to 45 minutes, and like you get like a. It's just like people were like, yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, it's not. It's not quite right. God damn it! <laughs> and then um, I played a uh, I played a show at Razmataz in Barcelona, which is like um, it's like the fabric in Barca. And uh, it's like three thousand people, and it and it it was like um, I was like I was there I was there with like DJ Yoda was on after me, and there was like after that was quite like a sort of open minded minimal like more of techno crowd, which was a strange billing, mm. but that was like great for me. So then I, I that's could, a real watershed moment of testing your completely versatility. Like, yeah, like people that were actually quite like electronically well versed. Mm. And then having to push through their preconception because yeah. they, everyone in that community hates beatboxing. Of course. Of They're course just they. like, it's like the whole party trick thing, the novelty of it and that. But I did an hour show and I finished and like, and DJ Yoda went to come on and they were still like cheering. That's amazing. Wait. That's amazing. And so for me, I was just like, that, that is how it should be. Um, and that was like the beginning of that whole thing of, of uh, of creating a live show like that, but to bring it back to what you said earlier, n- still can't capture it live. Still, never quite works. Like when you're when you're doing when you're doing like, because I, I don't want to lose, lose this lose this conversation. Mm. When when you're doing that that show mm. and you you're bolting on extra bits to make up the hour, um, how much of that is a template? Yeah, yeah. To begin with, like how much of it is because. Uh, to do an hour is one thing, like, mm. but to do an hour of a constant template that you might have a basic dot to dot of knowing, like, how much of it is like pre-planned? Not pre-planned. That'd be the wrong because because you can frame it. That's what it is framed. Mm. How much of it is like framework? Yeah, I do have a structure, um, 
because like because when it started it was like add-ons and bits but like again it's like you don't want to kind of do something like that and and you feel like you're overextending yourself mm. like it should feel feel right so um yeah i i wrote new compositions new pieces like new bits and and like i fell in love with transitions and like doing trans- transitions are fucking great. No, completely. I fucking and love them. People don't talk about that. No, no, they're the best bits. No, fully, man. Like and like taking, uh, finding really interesting ways from like going through stuff. And then what are the moments in the show? Like yeah. what are the things that like people, um, like really like if if they're in, like what can you get them to do that they didn't know they wanted to do? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like it's a little bit juvenile, but there was um, if it's like a kind of like more light festival vibe, if people like, is everyone's into it. Like I'll do a massive build up and I'll just freeze and I'll stop. Mm-mm, I took this from mm-mm, Michael Jackson. Mm-mm. To be fair, I'll just stop, <laughs> and everyone's like they they're waiting for this moment, and you you wait, and that, and it's first it's a little bit awkward, but then people one person starts clapping, yeah, and then yeah, everyone yeah. starts going, clack, clack, clack. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just wait, and then just bring the hi hat in on time, and you build it and build it and build it and build it, and then like all those types. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, totally. That type of moment yeah, yeah. is like jacking into the crowd, and you've got them all on side. And if you feel it fading, what can you do to bring them in? And da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And um, and when I've spoken to other people about it, they're like, that's a show. Like you're writing a show. It's not. And you can't translate that on record. That's just. It. I mean, you could. I mean, there's, there's arguments that you can. Mm. There's no reinventing a wheel on this, though. That's your commodity. The commodity is, and the, the, the vocation is, it's live. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And the other... I've thought about this a lot. And um, the other thing... I, d- I don't doubt for a second. You yeah, know. yeah. So it's start, <laughs> starting to become like beatbox therapy now. Where it's like I, Believe me, my think. friend. I've been here. I know exactly yeah, what you're going sorry. through. Yeah. Um, there was a... Yeah, there was a point when it became um, having to like uh, put that whole uh, piece together um, uh, wasn't enough. Like you had to uh, do other things to, it's almost like I ended up having to um, keep raising the bar. So then I started thinking about like, well, people, um, people can see me. Do they need to know that it's beatboxing? What what happens? Because what happens with the long shows mm-hmm. is um, people will come in like fifteen minutes in, and they won't have an introduction or anything. They wouldn't have a clue. What you're they doing. don't know what's going on. They think my mic's not working because it looks like I'm on the stage yeah. and they're hearing all this music yeah. and they're like, like, what's happening? Um, so <laughs> I, I, start... I love that though. That, yeah, yeah. That in itself is awesome. So, but that made me think, and then I, so I started like a not introducing myself. If I was after a DJ, I go straight through. So, how, how how did that feel when you started doing that? I loved it. Yeah, it was all because everyone keeps dancing, and everyone's like they don't know. Okay, nice. Which is absolutely like that for me. I was like, ah, oh. and that's that's an idea that people yeah. find it really hard to get their head around. Why, why don't you want to tell people that it's like it's beatboxing? And I do sometimes, and and a lot of the times I will, and they can see me. But on the big shows where it's, it's a, like a DJ environment, yeah, and and people slowly start to realize, okay, and you yeah. can feel people going, wait. Yeah. Um, While they're dancing. Yeah, well, completely. Yeah. And it just sets it all off in something much more sort of, it doesn't stop the vibe and everyone's, because there's always that first 10 minutes, everyone's going, what's happening? Like, what's going on there? Um, so yeah, this is again, all these little things that kind of get in the way of just like making the music and like going for it. Because uh, it's all about, does it sound good enough to dance to? Mm. Like, does it compare? And uh, as I was starting to say about the recording thing, like 
even you can mix and master, like maybe we can talk about a little bit later, like what Linden does with like automation and stuff. It is a physical single track. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a mushy physical thing going. Gah, 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 it's da, moving. Da, da. It's a moving it's, organism. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not an electronic thing. Yeah, it's a live instrument, and there's and so the th- I think the fact is, it's not so much a case of you can't capture it live. It's a case of the live is is just is a massive part of it. It's mm. like the electric guitar of the compared to the acoustic mm. guitar being there and Mm-mm. hearing it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you got to kind of take it for what it is. Uh, so what, so it's like taking it for what it is, um, understanding that there are limitations with it live, but then also how do you how do you get past those limitations mm. and how do you like make sure people are engaging with it in the same way they would with a a full on like electronic. Like, I like suit. the analogy of like acoustic and electric. Um, Whenever I do, whenever I do music on on record, I often it's like when you're when you're performing, it's industrious. It's, it's all you, you're trying to be inhumane. You're trying to be like electronic and big. But when it comes to the record, you narrow it down, go acoustic, and make it sound actually more human. Mm. When you're um, when you're in a, a live setting and you've got these parameters. And you're performing to somebody for so, that much amount of time, yeah. and you've got, like, for instance, one of your tunes, because you've got your, you've got your own sounds. You, there's mm. people that just that know your mm. signature things, but is there ever a moment where you're like, oh, I might use a loop pedal? Yeah, so th- I get asked a lot, like, oh, Reeps, why don't you use a loop pedal? Um, and everyone thinks I'm like some hyper purist, but I'm not. I just like <clears throat> for a long time. I just felt like I made higher energy music without it. Mm. Like I could compose, like mm-hmm. I could write and do these things. I feel things, that, yeah. But it's that thing of like, like, okay, one loop, okay, no, 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 yeah, okay, yeah. No. Oh, second, like second thing. Like it's, it's amazing. It's already slowing down before you've even started. Yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like it's just like not like in the like present. And um, uh, yeah, that felt right for a really, really long time, and it still does. And it's still like my thing is just being like a present, just creature on stage that just goes in in the moment and and uh and performs and doesn't rely on any sort of tools but like recently i have started um like composing and writing other forms of music mm-hmm. and doing collaborations and i released a uh, fully produced all vocal track um uh which which was part of a another project i did um which i, I won't go into but that um that was like that it, for me it was a big moment because I was like okay this is the beginning of me composing using my voice and the thing if you listen to it it's it doesn't sound like looping mm. there's like a there's like a compositional process that looping provides and it, you can hear it mostly in in a lot of a lot of the all vocal tracks um so I feel like and this kind of sums me up in a lot of ways that I'm just like the, the two ends of the spectrum so I'm like purely live fully going in and then sitting in a studio and composing. Yeah, yeah. The bit yeah. in the middle, I'm not so like interested in. I get you. Um, I get you. But the, the, and uh, this is maybe a little bit subjective, but um, I've just got a uh, Ableton Push too, and I've been like writing like sort of compositions and, and chords and a lot of the 
the trips I've been making around the world recently for different for, for some other projects. I've been recording people's voices and doing stuff mm-hmm. and like being able to trigger a chord progression. Like that's something that I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, strong. that's kind of that's strong. pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did one show last year where I did that, and, and I've got some of these full compositions. And to be able to do this like virtuosic, crazy piece, and you do this whole sort of breakdown, and then. Yeah, and you yeah, yeah. hit play in this like really beautiful chord yeah, plays. It. It's like ooh, euphoric actually. moment. No, fully. It just yeah. it it's the natural progression because, um, like you man, like there's so many levels. Like I'm, like I'm not Britney Spears or anything. Like which is for some reason what I always say. But it, I have been doing it for a while now. Yeah, like yeah. in terms of like live the live show, um, and I played a lot of stages and performed a lot. And um, Lyndon, who's a guy I mentioned, like my best friend, one day said to me, "He's like, 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 Reeps, you've proven you can beatbox. Like, you're allowed to kind yeah, of like, bring in some extra bits. Like, yeah. what's the next thing?" And that really did like impact me. But that was like that's kind of a summary of some of the challenges and thoughts of mm. trying to make sense of the live mm. show. And I've only just, after all that time, started to get into this idea of actually like producing a piece that's not hinged to the whole. Yeah, yeah. Like it's still beatboxing and it's still my voice, but I don't need people to know that. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Like, I get you. That's that when that sometimes it's hard gone, to isn't it? That novelty's gone. Yeah, it has a place, but it's just not just about that. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, that pursuit of more. And like that's what you did, like fully. <laughs> stuff at least it was like okay how, how how do we how do we break the f-ing box how do we break the mold how do we do so and with what you've created up to this point whether it be live whether it be in schools whether it be on instagram on social media there just feels like you've you've taken the mantle of like almost like being the, the a spokesperson of a scene I don't think I don't think I don't think you were looking for it, but I think it just happened that way. And then the next thing, it's like, well, it's on yours now, mate. You go and do it. Mm, yeah, I, doesn't yeah. it feel that way? Well, no, yeah, like, yeah, I, 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 I agree, um, but not in like a sense of like, like uh, I think that, like I think that that is, um, it's a weird one. It's not like I that was my intention. In any ways, I guess it's just—it's like how you said. Um, also, I don't have it in my head that it gives me some kind of like—I never presume some authority over other people. Yeah, it's like I just always think everything I do should just speak for itself. Like it's—it's uh, it's about like making. I speak about the things I want to speak about. I do the projects I want to do. I do them for for Harry for Reeps, um, and uh, and then uh, I do my best to to think like after these things have happened, what. Can it contribute? Who can it contribute to? Mm. If someone's having like a heated conversation about something, like I'm always like either people will ask me or like I'll give my opinion. 
Um, and that's, uh, yeah, I think it's just an experience thing. Like it's, it's a case of like now I'm, I'm at that point where like I have a certain amount of experience and, and there's me doing these things for myself and just wanting to be the best me I can be. But then also do, actually caring about can I help others if they have questions. I get messages all the time. I bet, yeah. Like really, really intense personal um, questions. Well, te- about, te- in terms of technicality, like how to do certain things? Everything, man. Like from from technicality to like I, I live in Indonesia and I want to move to London and become a beatboxer. Like should I do it? Like, it's like serious well, stuff. I, I've had messages from people that have been like on the edge of like the most intense, like pages and pages of streams of consciousness about how like watching videos has made them feel a certain way. But this is, that's not just me. It's a strange beatbox thing. Like people find solace in it. It's, it's a very like, it's something that people get extremely passionate about, but then find it very hard to talk to people about. So, like, the only reason I mention that is that in response to that thing you said of, like, it's not that I asked for it, but because of me kind of being quite outspoken about wanting to understand more and, like, get it, that does have this effect where people um, uh, just ask questions. Like, yeah. I'll get questions asked all the time of, like, yeah, is this yeah. it? And da, da, da. And, um, and sometimes it's, like, it's really, it's difficult because, like, man, like, we're all just trying to find our way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't assume some authority. Like I appreciate, like I appreciate like conceptual rigor, like trying to get it, trying to understand and hold on to something. Conceptual rigor. Yeah, but is that? But that's cool. that's something that's been said to me. It's something yeah. I, was, I didn't have a phrase for it for a long time. But it's like really putting everything you have into being able to communicate something with precision yeah. and like and and with a sort of a a formed argumentation. Mm-hmm. Like so, you can in the court of law, you can talk about it. And there is a clear reasoning for it. It's not just an a pit like a. It's not just an idea that you haven't quite got a grasp on because you can feel that. That's fine. Like you, you, in music, when you're on stage, you feel it. You don't have to pu- pull it apart. Yeah. But when you start dealing with other people, it just it helps to have conceptual rigor because then you you know how to communicate about certain things that are quite hard to talk mm-hmm. about or hard to understand, and that informs you and it informs other people. And that, in a nutshell, I think is my place in the community. Is like I'm, I want. I'm like a astronaut of <laughs> trying to, trying to like better myself, trying to kind of overcome the challenges. And it's just happened that some of the things I'm doing can inform what, um, other what, people. What challenges do you, do you think you suffer? Um, for, for the people that are, you talk to online that are challenged, mm. what are the immediate things that you're challenged with? I had a massive chip on my shoulder for a long time because like, like I grew up. Like everyone says this, but like, like I was a happy kid. Like, like my dad was there for me every day, and my mom did everything she could. But we didn't have anything. Like when people say that, but we didn't have like no savings. Mom, dad didn't drive. Like I, I didn't. All I had was my friends, and like the things I did. Mm-hmm. Like from a young age, like everything mm-hmm. I did, and I, I sometimes wonder if it was like some form of escape or like trying to find purpose, like oh, long like, yeah. way day dot, like mm-hmm, from when my mm-hmm. dad left because he had to go to work and I wanted to stay, I'd do things to kind of occupy myself. Because you and your dad play chess, like you're massive chess heads. Yeah, my dad is like, like I adore my mom and my sister. But my if, if my dad was here, he's like me, but in 50 years, he's an <laughs> old boy. He's like, the thing is, he's, eight, he's 80 now. 
So, um, so and an intellectual. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's man. He's like, um, yeah, he's a thinker. He has one of these like energies that like people are quite drawn to him, and he can. He just he's a chess playing, piano playing, insane photorealist like painter, um, like really beautiful. Like, so you artwork. haven't got many roots in the arts or any intellectual <laughs> properties at all. No, like, the, yeah, I mean, like the, the weird thing is though is that it, my dad is completely self-taught and like that's mad. Yeah, yeah. This he has this thing where he when he sets his mind on something, he creates his own like systems, and he's he's still doing it. Ooh, that might be that's all I know. Huh? Mum. <laughs> Put on a loudspeaker. Say, I'm mum. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. But um, man, yeah, this is getting deep. Like, but uh, she, but, yeah, my he he kind of creates his own systems, and uh, he he get, that was his main gift to me. Is like if you if you find something, like I felt like if he was on a desert island. He'd still do all the things he does. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't need anyone to tell him how to do it. Like very much was, like us, my friend. Well, that's it. Complete. <laughs> but that's exactly it. Because like with beatboxing, it requires a certain type of skill to innovate. I was only and talking that, about this earlier today. Like a, a friend of mine that I was with. Like we were talking about people that that, that utilize Instagram for the, the commercial gains just to take photos of themselves. I'm like, oh, if you switch off the internet tomorrow, what are you le- what are you going to make money with? Like you've You've got to have a, you've got to have something, right? No, completely. But this is this is why you're a freak because, like, man, like the all, the way you were just this like complete anomaly, like you were an actual like complete break off from anything that came before. And I don't know what was going on, but you're obviously like a product of your environment, and uh, all the sounds you were doing, and just like the style of music and the textures, like every single part of it, it wasn't like. Well, maybe I don't know. Like, I, I, I've, um, maybe you can tell me about some like old school beatbox friends you had like back in the day, which <laughs> might be an interest. There must have been that mate or someone. But yeah, every single aspect of what you did was yours. Like there wasn't, it wasn't like oh, there's a bit of this and a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like killer killer. Um, and that's that skill. It's like you, only certain people do that, and it happens across all kinds of different disciplines where you get mm-hmm. this. You can call it like a mutation where someone just becomes this like other thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not easy to find that all the time. And they're the people that everyone remembers are the ones that like, like they're the ones that people say, oh, you contributed or the legends. Contrib- contribute is the right term. I think and I, you've done it. You've done it too. And this is why this is such, this is such a fanboy moment for me because like I, as, as somebody that loves and respects the art, I went through very similar things as you're going through and have done. And when you're talking about contribution, like you've, like I, I believe I have, you add a little, little piece to a bigger organism and the contribution is a definitive something. Mm. Like the amount of sounds, and I know I did it, I know I did it, but this is about you. And the fact that you've, <laughs> that, that you've contributed so many sounds to the bigger piece of the pie. In the long run, they're just it's just a given sound. But the truth is, the buck stops there. Mm. Like, how do you, in your head, how do you process that? How do you process that? I don't think about it. Because you want the next sound? No, it's like, the thing is, is like, there was a point when, 
like, well, no, it's like when you say like, do you mean like the idea of like how I, just all the things you the said vocal, about the, the vocal wobble, for instance, the thing that that that, that was not happening, mm. and I saw it there, and I saw it there at the beatbox championships. Whenever you said, I can't remember when it was, but I saw that and I was like, that's that's that is a sound that that's a sound that's not been replicated in instruments, mm. and it was way early doors before dubstep like that. Like dubstep was doing it, but like. You had a different slant on that sound. Mm. Well, that was yeah. So th- I, I'm, I, I'm fully proud of all those things. Like, I am, um, and also like, the thing is, is that sometimes I don't know how can I put this. It's quite a hard thing to to talk about. I felt like there Whisper was a- it in my ear, and I'll tell you so that you don't feel like you're <laughs> talking about yourself. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's more. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's it's one of these things that I can't see it from. The outside perspective, and I think it might be a little bit of like a coping mechanism because I felt like there was a point that came. So, like, I did the things I know I can say is like they kind. Of, I think the reason I'm hesitating is because they're statistics that I think are not. They're not. They're important to the scene, and they did a thing, but they're quite toxic to hold on to. Like Which it, it has, yeah. I get do you know it. what I mean? Yeah, if I'm I like, oh, I did that, and I did this, and da da da. But if like, if we're having a conversation about, I know that in 2009. Like I was fully a product of grime and and dubstep, like early grime, and when dubstep was like the beginnings of it emerging before it took over the world, like which was a weird, really strange That's a weird time. thing in itself. Yeah, yeah, it's like because that was that was it was almost a bit of a contextual thing there. I was like perfectly timed because um, so a lot of the sounds I was doing was informed by London music. I was literally a product of like a, like I grew up around producers and everyone around me, like just it made me have this style and that's yeah. why i say i'm presuming it might it must have been similar for yourself where, where your sound came from not from dubstep and grime but just from like from Killer D- keller's DJs life and things yeah like that. the yeah, people yeah, around you yeah. absorbed it which i think is when the exciting stuff happens because you weren't thinking about the scene it's like your yeah, product you can't your go back on that like it's the thing that you get off on that was it no completely and then um but so then i went to i remember saying to my mate john like dj captain crunch who's like basically my big brother like um it's your dog yeah man he's like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) he looked after me a lot um and he uh i remember so i was 18 19 and like i hadn't been to a no i'd done one that uk champs so i came second that year and then um i was i got in to go to the world like Bilo gave me like an invite because he'd seen me and he was like he was like you must come to the world beatbox championship (laughs) Um, 2009 yeah maximum respect and uh yeah he sent me a message so I was like I'm gonna go like I was like I'm just gonna go do my thing and like like whatever uh just it'd be nice to like meet the international scene and whatnot and then um yeah and then I I there was this whole thing that happened because I I came I, I lost in the semi-final I ended up coming third in the world when I was 18 and I lost to ZD who ended up winning but the way that I, I lost, I was, because I looked up to ZD so much. It was one of those gassed mm-hmm. moments. Where I was like, whoa, I'm battling ZD, yeah, like yeah. crazy. I, but I, I knew his style. So I had quite a lot of like, yeah, yeah, I had quite yeah. a lot of sort of like gusto against him. But then so like I, I lost and I was so like happy with that. But then ZD in the final comes, he says, I shouldn't have lost the Reaps. Does, does this whole thing and it created mm. this like really interesting dynamic um which i would like i wasn't bothered about but when when that happened it was the first time that all of us because i was doing dubstep i did like where's my money there and like yeah. all the old school like stuff 
that ended up like people who were watching and into the scene, they'd never heard dubstep before. Yeah. So through me doing Where's My Money? As a medium. As a, yeah, that, they, that then, they then saw, they, there's definitely a good Very like 50,000 people that had never listened to dubstep that then started listening to it because yeah. of, of that clip. So that's why I think I had a, a special connection with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it started yeah. there because it became a mu- like a musical um, connection. And then a, uh, and then things like the inward drag and like the, the wob and like multiphonic. The inward drag, the, like right now, we really are getting to. Yeah, like, I don't know whether this you guys, is you guys could. Yeah, it's more than appropriate, right? You guys can just switch off right now. Or we can really listen to the real, okay? <laughs> um, right, the inward drag thing, okay? Because what happened was, I was into the breathing outwards and the, the ambiance. Like uh, it was all about the immersion of like sound, like at any given point. What you did with the inward drag and the inward snare was like you self-contained it. Mm. It then became a... It silenced everything around. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It then became like clinically... And that's, uh, that to me is what is one of the key moments in beatboxing um, from at least 2010 onwards where it was like, no, no, it's not cool to breathe. It's not cool to breathe. Like, you just stop it. Well, yeah, well, there was, there's, um, well, yeah, that's, so yeah, that's like, so I'm going to get to that. So that's like a technical thing. Um, but the, um, to, to bring it back to the whole, whole idea of thinking about how you contribute to stuff. So what's mental is that now everyone in the community talks about inward drag. It's like, it's like one of those, like the etymology of it. Like people say it and like, they have no idea where it comes from. But I remember being in my bedroom and I was 18 with Lyndon and Lyndon's like, uh, he went to Berkeley. He's like an amazing music, muso, nice. musically like yeah, 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 academic yeah. like person. So I did a certain routine and he wrote it out in like drum notation. And he was like, you know that like, that inward thing that you do, like what do you, what do you want to call it? And I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, uh, inward, inward drag. And he wrote yeah. it down. And it's mad how that manifests. And, I still, it's, it's all People over the, dragged. I see it ev- like everywhere and people still use it. And it's one of those things that I could be thinking, oh, that's mine. But like, really, I don't, I don't think about, I don't think about like my, what, what, sa- how my sounds contributed. I don't think about um, like, uh, oh, do they respect me? Do they know what, where it comes from? I never even go there. Like every single day I'm, I'm a brand new beatboxer. And and it's what, but what I think about that a boy, but yeah, what I, yeah, that's what doggy. But the <laughs> the main thing I think about though is like what is, what do I care about? Yeah, and I care about like innovation. I care about leveling up. I care about like helping people. Um, I care about outdoing myself, like changing people's opinions. That's the, that's always been like what I'm into. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's like I feel like that's way more important because you you see it everywhere not just in beatboxing like the whole mumble rap hip-hop thing where people are like yeah i think it's all it's just gen it's, it's slightly generational and it's like it's something that, that it's almost like bound to happen like mm. mumble rap with what you know soldier boy do you know what i mean mm. Lil wayne these things it's almost like progression mm. and i th- yeah i get what you i get i think that's where you're coming yeah from. no 100 percent. it's just that like things you can either argue about music or you can kind of i hate people that argue about music oh yeah it's like it's so boring it's like it's like if if you don't like music and you don't like where it's going then do something about it Mm. like don't just sit on the fence well yeah that's kind of it like 
like you can you can get annoyed and you can be a part of a conversation, but like like just just chill out. Like just yeah. like, chill out there, but then go out and like you just, get it. Yeah, do the best. You, like, are you are you are you being as? Because I'm talking about people that get like really like like you see people get and they're just like those thirty something musos that are just like so pissed off that all their electronic equipment they bought just don't work anymore. Well, completely, it's like stream of like stream of consciousness rage, and yeah. it's like I was like, do you put that much energy into your music? Yeah. Like, do you actually like is that is that true, a thing? So um, I try and avoid that type of like thinking, and I I put my energy into into yeah progressing in the ways that I think are are important. But um, but the thing is, uh, some people tell me that I am too passive, that I should like fight my corner more and I should battle more and all these things. But I'm just like I'm like, but, like I, I can only be me. Like, I can't be anyone else. Here's the thing, and uh, I can only speak personally. There comes a time when you're doing what you do to such a level that you you generally can't you can't just go and submit yourself to a, a battle. Because something become it becomes a commodity, yeah. And what you're doing is a commodity, and it's a real contrast to the to to what ethically you believe in. It's like it should be just a, a disposable thing that you just do, and you contribute to a, to to the art form. But we've got to eat. We've got to eat, and, well, that's and a whole other thing. Like getting paid is like uh, yeah, no, b- yeah, battling yeah. every day is like yeah, it's, it's it doesn't it doesn't pay the bills because because like. Uh, I'm put it. I'm put it on the table. You didn't win as much as you contributed. Yeah, you're yeah, fully. you're a pioneer, but yet you didn't. And this is this is where you 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 actually celebrate the championism of it. Like you didn't, hmm. but you gave more. Well, yeah, well, that's it. I've always said like I'm not really a battler. Like I've um like it, I was never. Like I used to get quite when I was younger, I got super aggressive and like really like in people's faces and stuff. Um, but which makes it seem like oh I'm a battler, but it was always a bit like oh, like what is what am I doing? Like I you would even if I so when I won the UK champs, um, I'd only beatbox for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like two and two minute rounds. And yeah, it's, it's like, like... Oh, <laughs> that, 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 that. I was like that's not like what's that? And um, yeah, I have absolutely no problem with um. With like battle heads, and I, I think like like just because yeah, people just held you, you people actually do held you as like one of them, like the, of, of a glory time. You know, there was you, Skiller. There was, um, I mean, you, you, you fucking run and fucking listen, look them on YouTube. You know, but there yeah. was there was a real like crutch of like pioneering battlers, and you're up there with with them from like 2009 onwards, you know? Yeah, it's just another one of those things that I, I can't really think about. Because um, like there's... I'm putting it to you, you've got to think about them now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's hard. It's hard, I get... Because you probably don't talk like... You don't talk about this stuff. Well, no, not, not, really. not like not to this detail. This is like probably the, the most I spoke about beatboxing in a long time. Um, but right. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's like I said, I should be paying you, it's therapy. But um, yeah, it like... The main thing that I got was like, so I came third in the world and I won two national championships and then I came third again. Mm. But um, but I went when I went back, I went back for everyone's expectation of me because everyone was like, everyone was like, Reeves is going to win. Like, because I was like the champion of the people at that time. Like yeah, yeah. hundred, like that's the thing that 
I was super proud of. And and uh, and it, it it was in my head. Like it felt like I was doing it for everyone. And it was um, yeah, it was way before that that I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Like I'm not. It's not actually like in my element. So what I told myself was, I was like, oh well, you know this, and like you know what your vision is and what you want to do. Like you say that it's a game, it's a sport, mm. like battling. It's like a music mm, sport. Mm, like mm, that's mm, what mm. it is. Um, Complete. Which is something. Uh, shout out to Darnie. That's like a term that he said. Music sport. Big man Darnie. Yeah. No legend. Um, Another legend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I. I have a bit of like a blank because like I had this weird, like weird things happen, man. Like I'm not, I'm a pretty rational, logical person, but some weird superstitious stuff happened before I went. So I went to get on the, the I got a car to the airport and a truck in front of me span and like blocked the road. So I, I couldn't, like, I missed my flight. Wow. So I had this thing. I was And, and before that, like I, the whole like sort of time before I was like, I don't know if I should go. Yeah, I was like, I was yeah. like, something doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is. Like something doesn't feel right. The other thing, and wow, actually, I'll, I'll save this till the end. But like during that time, I am not making excuses. Like this is uh, this is me just trying to be honest. Like talk about things I don't talk about. But at the same time, my dad was unwell. He had like heart failure. I was like, uh, I was going through a, another transition in my life. Um, and this sort of home of beatboxing, like where it was always this thing that was like where I'd feel comfortable. All of a sudden, like it just, have you ever just had a feeling when like something doesn't feel right mm. or like something like, like a room doesn't feel right. Like, oh, I should, like you go to a hotel and there's some weird, yeah, vibe yeah. all of a sudden beatboxing felt like that. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Whoa. I was like, I don't feel welcome. Wow, okay. I don't know what it is. So I, it was probably my frame of mind from everything that happened. So when the truck span out, the only flight I could get was like, it was about six, seven hours afterwards. So I didn't have time to really go home. Mm. So I went on. I didn't sleep in the airport. I just like lied on the floor. Got the next flight. Everyone would always be like, where's Reaps? Where's Reaps? Because they were like, I should have been there a day before. So I turned up with no sleep. And then, um, and the first thing I heard was Belo, and he had the, all of the like the battlers all in a row, and he's like, "I have one. Uh, I told you the rules, but I have one more thing to say. Is like, no, no dubstep apart from the dubstep master from the UK, which should have been a good thing. But then, all of a sudden, I realized I was like, my style is everywhere. Like everyone is so aware of me. Yeah, dude. I was like, fuck. So then I became like, also oh, it was all like this energy. And all this like stuff. Right. So by the time, so then it started, did my elimination, got through. Uh, my first, like, so then I did my first round. And I actually felt pretty good. I was like, okay, now wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, cooking, like, you're cooking. Uh, like, forget <laughs> it. So, so I did my elimination. Um, then did the first round against the Japanese champion, just like, like fine. And then, um, uh, and then I, then I started to fatigue a little bit. Did my 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 sort of my second round like got like got through, but by the time I was up against Skiller, I'd not slept. It'd been another twelve hours. Right, so you was you I were t- you I were t- lagging. Bellatrix was like looking at me, and I was just like, I was like, I was like, oh, I like I don't know if like I could do this. So I had all this like conf- these conflicting yeah. emotions, but then the reason like my sort of my block was I did go there with the ethos of like this is not my place. Like I'm coming here 
to You're to, kind to of ambassadoring the vibe and you just you'll just say say yeah, an aura, really. But there's it doesn't matter what my feelings are, like there are it's one of those situations where everyone's making opinions. <laughs>